0: The imposter borrowed the name of Neville Manchin, an actual professor of American literature at Portland State and soon-to-be doctoral student at Stanford. In his letter on perfectly forged college stationery, Professor Manchin claimed to be a budding scholar of F. Scott Fitzgerald and was keen to see the great writer's manuscripts and papers during a forthcoming trip to the East Coast. The letter was addressed to Dr. Jeffrey Brown, director of manuscripts division, Department of Rare Books and Special Collections, Firestone Library, Princeton University. It arrived with a few others, was duly sorted and passed along, and eventually landed on the desk of Ed Folk, a career junior librarian whose task, among several other monotonous ones, was to verify the credentials of the person who wrote the letter. Ed received several of these letters each week, all in many ways the same, all from self-proclaimed Fitzgerald buffs and experts, and even from the occasional true scholar. In the previous calendar year, Ed had cleared and logged in 190 of these people through the library. They came from all over the world and arrived wide-eyed and humbled, like pilgrims before a shrine. In his 34 years at the same desk, Ed had processed all of them. And they were not going away. F. Scott Fitzgerald continued to fascinate. The traffic was as heavy now as it had been three decades earlier. These days, though, Ed was wondering what could possibly be left of the great writer's life that had not been pored over, studied at great length, and written about. Not long ago, a true scholar told Ed that there were now at least a hundred books and over 10,000 published academic articles on Fitzgerald, the man, the writer, his works, and his crazy wife. And he drank himself to death at 44. What if he'd lived into old age and kept writing? Ed would need an assistant, maybe two, perhaps even an entire staff. But then Ed knew that an early death was often the key to later acclaim, not to mention greater royalties. After a few days, Ed finally got around to dealing with Professor Manchin. A quick review of the library's register revealed that this was a new person, a new request. Some of the veterans had been to Princeton so many times, they simply called his number and said, hey, Ed, I'll be there next Tuesday, which was fine with Ed. Not so with Manchin. Ed went through the Portland State website and found his man. Undergraduate degree in American Lit from the University of Oregon. Masters from UCLA. Adjunct gig now for three years. His photo revealed a rather plain-looking young man of perhaps 35, the makings of a beard that was probably temporary, and narrow, frameless eyeglasses. In his letter, Professor Manchin asked whoever responded to do so by email and gave a private Gmail address. He said he rarely checked his university address. Ed thought, that's because you're just a lowly adjunct professor and probably don't even have a real office. He often had these thoughts, but of course was too professional to utter them to anyone else. Out of caution, the next day he sent a response through the Portland State server. He thanked Professor Manchin for his letter and invited him to the Princeton campus. He asked for a general idea of when he might arrive, and laid out a few of the basic rules regarding the Fitzgerald collection. There were many, and he suggested that Professor Manchin study them on the library's website. The reply was automatic and informed Ed that Manchin was out of pocket for a few days. One of Manchin's partners had hacked into the Portland State Directory just deep enough to tamper with the English department's email server. Easy work for a sophisticated hacker. He and the imposter knew immediately that Ed had responded. Ho-hum, thought Ed. The next day, he sent the same message to Professor Manchin's private Gmail address. Within an hour, Manchin replied with an enthusiastic thank you, said he couldn't wait to get there, and so on. He gushed on about how he had studied the library's website, had spent hours with the Fitzgerald Digital Archives, had owned for years the multi-volume series containing facsimile editions of the great author's handwritten first drafts, and had a particular interest in the critical reviews of the first novel, This Side of Paradise. Great, said Ed. Seen it all before. The guy was trying to impress him before he even got there, which was not at all unusual.